This podcast is part of the Midwest Podcast Network. Find out more about our other shows and how to support our network at MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. We're now tuned in to Westworld FM, a podcast about HBO's Westworld. My name is Alex. My name is Nick. And I'm John. Today we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 9 of the show, titled Vanishing Point. We will not be discussing the next time on preview at the end of the episode, but we will be spoiling everything through Season 2, Episode 9 of the series. So please pause and go catch up if you're not current on the show. You can find more episodes of our podcast at westworld.fm. We're also Westworld FM on Twitter, and you can send feedback to westworldfm at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on HBO's Westworld. Send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding Westworld or our podcast. If you enjoy this show or any other show on the Midwest Podcast Network, please consider heading over to patreon.com slash midwestpodnet. That's patreon.com slash M-I-D-W-E-S-T-P-O-D-N-E-T. And pledge as little as a dollar a month to make our network even better. Special thanks to Jason K, who's pledged at the level of $10 a month. We've got some feedback today. Uh, our friend Mark tweeted at us, uh, and he said, Regarding your discussion in today's podcast, this is last week's podcast, obviously, that the man in black is a host, the flash of the scene of his wife's suicide in the bathtub that has been shown several times could be a major cornerstone memory that has been implanted in his head like the memory of Bernard's son. And I wrote back and said, very true, although I hate to give John Constantine more fuel. <laughs> but then we also got an email from our friend. Thank you, Mark, for tweeting yes, at us, thanks, of Mark. course. Thanks for backing me up there. <laughs> Fred also offering some support. He sent us an email prior to listening to our episode, but then he said, I was too fast on the trigger in my first email. I hadn't listened to the podcast yet. You guys never let me down with your discussion. John, I've got your back. I love your theory that they made a fatal error by plugging Maeve into their system. Bang. I can easily see that uh, playing out that her powers aren't limited to hacking hosts, but any technology that she has access to. I don't know if that will if it will play out that way, but I hope so. Lee is the friend that you came that came with you to a party, complains the whole time, and doesn't want to be there, so he calls someone to pick him up. Then when his ride gets there, they start a fight with his original friends. Now he's like, what the fuck is happening? I just wanted to go home. I think his heart is really with Maeve, having realized that she's acted more human than the Delos crew. Interesting point. Mm-hmm. I like it. He says, since this seems to be a polarizing thing in the Westworld community, I'd like to officially declare that I'm now on the Team William is a host bandwagon. His consciousness isn't in a host because we know that the tech hasn't been perfected, but I think he's been coached by Dolores like she did with Bernard. It's been mentioned many times that he spent all of his time in the park. I suspect his extended time in the park was because he was being programmed to be a replica of his original self. Ford would have benefited by his presence on the board to push his agenda or keep him informed on their intentions. This was the most compelling argument that I had ever heard for William being a host. And I'm sorry I'm not so eloquent it's with my not, words. No, it's not, that you weren't, it's not that you weren't eloquent. It's just that it, it, was, it tied it all together for me. Yeah. It made the most sense. Because like, you had a lot of evidence for why you think he is, but I didn't see the motivation for what, why William should be a host. And this gave me that. And I was on the train for up until this past episode. 
So you got six days of me on the train or something like that. Yeah. Then you kicked yourself and off. Then, and then I left. And we'll talk about that more. How far could you go if you're on a train for six days? Pretty far. Probably somewhere in the in the in the great plains. I mean, if, you if know? they're American trains, they're going to be really slow and they stop constantly. Yeah. Yeah. If it was a bullet train in Japan, you could go up and down the coast several times in six days. Sweet. So. That, would, that would be amazing. Um. He says, lastly, if the season finale is a shot of everyone walking through the door and coming face to face with an In-N-Out burger, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> Dear sweet baby Jesus, I don't ask for much, but if you can please guide the showrunners to follow Alex, Nick, and John's guidance, I will work extra hard at being a better human. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Fred, thank you for your email. Thank you, Fred. Thanks, Fred. Right uh, thanks for backing me up. Yes. John appreciates it. I so appreciate it. Yeah, seeing there's a lot the of support side. for John's bogus theories. <laughs> Whoa, whoa! <laughs> I think that I think you you know just simpler is better. He's gotten shot a lot, <laughs> and just, we I'm can just, hear bullets ricocheting off his bike. Yeah, I'm just saying, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> bing, bing, bing. <laughs> uh, well. We all know when they walk through the door at the Valley Beyond, they're going to reach the Stubbs selection area. Yes, where yes. there's <laughs> endless, so they can load into the in and out simulation. Yes, yeah, <laughs> just flanked by Stubbs on every at every possible angle. It's just an in and out full of Stubbs. Yes, is there one of the Stubbs is actually John Moore from the Alienist with a whole bunch of cigarettes in his mouth? Can <laughs> yeah, we just have yeah. that too? It's actually the nexus of all of our podcasts. <laughs> The dark tower of our podcast universe <laughs> is an In-N-Out Burger, and it's populated by all the best characters from all the shows and movies oh, we've reviewed. I love it. Beautiful. Including the it. guys from Pain and Gain, <laughs> including John Moore. <laughs> you know, I read a great think piece about how Pain and Gain is the movie we deserve in the, in this time, and it's Michael Bay's opus, and I was like, I'm sending this shit to Alex, and I didn't. I re-listened to last week's episode, okay. uh, and, and and we read the email. I forget who it was by. It may have been Mark. It probably was Mark. It may have been no. It might have been. It was Nevy actually. Oh yeah, Nevy's email about not having somebody to root for, and uh, and I remember that my main. I, I remembered that my main argument for pain and gain was that I felt like I had nobody to root for yeah, in that movie, that's and that fair. was like our main crux of there is no discussion. One to root for. You were yeah. like, it's a movie. It doesn't need somebody to root for. You just got to watch it. And I was like, but I need somebody to root for. <laughs> and that I, was, I, it was I, that for three hours. I maintain that stance. No, it's probably right. <laughs> for a show, yeah, you gotta get. You need somebody for to get t- for ten hours of, yeah. of of TV show. Even if who you're rooting for is flipping around from different yeah. characters, which is pretty much how this show is. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about that. Yes, we will. Let's get on with the episode recap. Uh, we start off with a bunch of flashes of memories that seem to be of William's memories, and then we go to a gala that is being held potentially in his honor, showing his philanthropy efforts, particularly for one of Emily's causes. We see older Juliet at the party playing greatly with William when among company, but taking passive-aggressive stabs at him when left alone. Just as Juliet says, look around, everybody's here for you, what could possibly compa- compare? He glances at a waitress and sees Dolores, despite it not being her. Uh, did you guys think it was it was Juliet when we saw her? Yes. By the end of the scene, you're kind of like, yeah. all right, yeah, it's Juliet. I was iffy at it at first. I was like, I don't know, that might not be her. But number one, Celia Ward. I don't know if anybody else has any. Oh, she rules. Opinions about yeah, Celia Ward. I remember but. mom watching the show Sisters. Yep. Like hardcore back in the day, for and sure. Then eventually, my I think it was ten or so when that was on. Just I got hooked on it too because it was like a super well written show. Yeah, Susie Kurtz and 
Seal of War. Swoozy. I don't. They had a few other. <laughs> Man, where's what's Swoozy up to these days? I have no idea. Yeah, and she's not doing pushy da- pushing daisies anymore. No, right? she's not. Yeah. Um, no, I I was listening to Decoding Westworld. They brought up the fact that she was in Gone Girl, and I totally forgot about oh, that. Yeah. But she's got a great role in Gone Girl for a little bit there. So. Pour one out for not pour one out. She's not dead. I can have a whole discussion Seal about why Ward I hate that dead. movie. Seal Ward's wonderful. Hate Gone Girl. Yeah, that's for another podcast. <laughs> it is so, <laughs> so much, so much hatred. Uh, but yeah, awesome to see Seal Ward. Really cool that I at least had no idea she was in the show. Uh, neither did Nick, and so it, it's just well. And I think the there was the other flashback scene. Um, it was Jim Delos's like retirement party. Yep. Where they give a glance of her and young Bill. It's Juliet, but it's played but by it's played the by girl who was in the photo that they showed in yeah. season one. Yeah. So that's that was kinda like I, I saw some people online kinda like beating that back and forth, like not really sure what to think about that. But it makes sense if you think in terms of span of time because Yeah, like old they, Bill, young Bill, like in the the by the time that it's thirty years later, it yeah. is a different actor for William. Why for shouldn't sure. it be a different actor for of Juliet course. as well? So well, there's one for Emily as well. Yeah, that's Steel true. Steel Award's a great choice. Like you, Definitely. you want to you want to just immediately set the tone of the character. You cast her. She's got such presence. She was yeah. fantastic. Oh, this yeah. whole episode she was awesome. As soon as she was eyeballing her from across the room, I was like, oh shit, <laughs> this is gonna be good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, one of the other things that just kind of, I, I kind of barely mentioned it, but the idea that we kind of flutter through memories of, of Williams, we we hear some of the dialogue and even see some scenes that happen later in the show mm-hmm. in like current current day, I guess we'll call it. Um, he was defragging. Yeah, I was gonna say it's kind. It's kind of <laughs> like the the rifling through the memories that Nick was saying for the. the My theories do not apply to William because he's a human. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. <laughs> More on that later. I uh, just up front. I mean, I think you can still leave this episode and think he's a host. I'm not saying that. Oh, this for sure, debunks it. Okay. I still think he is a host. Okay, good. Let's, especially after reading some other things we're on gonna, the internet. We're going to run this race all the way to the end. Oh, I, yeah. I think he could. I think by the end of the episode, it's possible that he would be. But I think from a story perspective, from what I, from how that might play out in my brain, I think it would be a mistake. We'll but get there. We just don't know. That's, yeah, we'll get there. I think anything's possible at this point. Yeah. This whole damn show could be taking place in the cradle. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next up, Emily has brought William to a rally point. This is back in present day. And she's giving him something to drink from a cache. She set off a digital flare for them to be, p- to be picked up and has taken his gun from him. Emily explains that she once punished herself for her mother's death, explaining about a jewelry box and a ba- with a ballerina that Ju- Juliet bought for her and had inscribed. Young Emily at the time didn't appreciate it since she quit ballet a while before that, so she threw it out. And when she be- went back to retrieve it, the trash was already gone. Um, interesting that there are like rally points mm. throughout the park. Kind of our first time seeing one of those. There's like a little health cache hidden. So where where you get some of your health packs so you can patch yourself back up. Yeah. Um, it's that floating ration from Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, exactly. Oh, a ration. <laughs> Eating food will heal you. Yep. I love that. The pizza from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. You just grab it and go cowabunga and it's it heals a, you. It's the, a good like, thing he didn't get one of the ones with the bomb on it. And just, yeah. Oh, well, he kind of does later on when he shoots everything. Right. <laughs> so. Spoilers for the rest of this episode. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, no, I liked Emily's monologue about the box. Do you remember on my 16th birthday, Mom gave me a jewelry box? When you opened it, little dancer spun in the center. She had it engraved. On the bottom, it said, to my beautiful ballerina, Emily. Do you remember what I did with it? I threw it in the trash. I told her if she wasn't drunk all the time, she'd know that I hadn't danced in years. And then afterwards, I went to get it back because I felt bad, but the trash had already been emptied and it was gone. I pushed her away and then it was too late. But it's not too late for us. The interesting thing about it is that it has like a double purpose. It's the kind of thing that William would n- believe and be like, okay, this is my daughter. But it also is one of those things where Ford would be like, I need to put this in there so that he believes it's his daughter. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, it's just kind of genius. But um, no, it's it was fantastic. Yeah, it's great writing. Tying... Tying emotions to objects is mm-hmm. a surefire way in any movie or TV show to make the audience connect. Cause yeah. Everyone has that something that they pitched when they were a kid or that they threw away or that their parent threw away or something that you like remember. Yep. For sure. Absolutely. So it's, a, it's a good it's a good way to, to humanize her to anybody like myself who thought she was a host for a while to immediately go, oh. But then at the same time, you're right. I can imagine turning around and going, because huh, Ford's standing there going, Yes. Yeah, it it <laughs> could just be him, you know, knowing that that's like a important thing. Mm-hmm. One of those things that would allow William to buy it. Cut so. to younger, slightly younger Ford rooting through the garbage and yep. finding it and, right. and then just diving out the window with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, any other thoughts on that? No. All right. Next up, Dolores and Teddy run into Akechita's second in command, whose name is Wanatan. I had to look that up because they never say that anywhere. They're on their way to the Valley Beyond. Wanatan tells Dolores that the Valley Beyond was not meant for her and fighting ensues. Only Dolores, Teddy, and Wanatan survive and Teddy seemingly bucks his programming deciding not to shoot Wanatan in the back when given the opportunity. Uh, Cool to see this conflict start. Yep. Yeah, we knew where this was going to wind up. Yeah, like obviously they were gonna fight, but kind of weird that Ake's not with them. What, what's what's he doing? Was was he just kind of is he up ahead or kind of behind? Were they kind of like the scouting party, and he's back with more people, or just Maeve's daughter, or where's what's he doing right now? That's kind of my question. Um, oh, we know these are the guys that they find in episode one. Yes. So the final native that's that gets shot by Dolores is the one whose uh, brain gets extracted by Mr. Costa in the two-week timeline mm-hmm. in the premiere of the season. Uh, okay. And they so, play it back and go, what? Yeah. Oh, it's her. She's the one. Um, so we're, st- we're starting to close the gap here chronologically. Yeah. Yep. Which is so, thank God. <laughs> I'm ready for these timelines to mesh already and for us to to get caught up although don't do it well i guess the thing (laughs) i guess the thing that's kind of weird here is that they say that that recording was made 11 days ago i guess that's true 
That's just I can't. I need so to think about have, this. We offline. still have some time to go. There's still a bunch of time in the way, but you know we've only got the finale next week. I don't know exactly. Like it, it felt that it, it it smells more of an error than it does like a. I don't know. It's very strange. We'll have to look back on that. Yeah. And come back to it. Um. So there was some uh, when when watching the episode, seeing Teddy not shoot Wanaton, which is spelled W A N A H T O N. That's how I'm pronouncing it. I don't know if that's how it should be pronounced, but I don't know any Lakota people, sadly. Um, I was wondering what that was. If it was Wanaton has retrieved the ability to do Maeve's reprogramming, or what happened? But I kind of came out thinking that it was teddy finally making his own choice yeah that's, I would say for so. once. that's how i felt about it given what we see later on in the episode right which yeah i think that the especially those the um ghost nation have it seems like with especially in regard to akechita they their kind of mo has been trying the peaceful option when possible yeah and i think that when he's talking to dolores teddy's kind of taking it in and kind of being like listen they don't they don't want to be hostile like they they just know who's supposed to be where and who isn't and i think teddy's just kind of like i'm sure it's a combination of things his faith in her as a leader is obviously shaken and he knows that she reprogrammed him which is kind of gross and i think he's thinking she's just a little too uh just single track mind right now and uh especially like the ghost nation are are a good foil for, for that scene because like they do just want to keep moving on and not get into a bloodbath. Yeah. And kind of what we learned from their discussion, at least they say, um, the Valley beyond was not meant for you. Then Dolores says, no, it was meant for the people who built this place, a tool to ensure their immortality, but I'm going to use it against them. And she says, your new world is just another one of their traps. That's all. It's not a paradise for us. So it seems like from Dolores's inference and what is presented here, the natives of Ghost Nation think that they can upload themselves to the forge and essentially live in their new world. Mm-hmm. Whereas Dolores is like, no, that's just another form of subjugation. I'm going to blow it up or used against them or something like that yeah so still just getting breadcrumbs of what everyone wants to do with this thing that we don't exactly know what it is yet right but we kind of do now i don't know the show's crazy <laughs> any other thoughts about that uh conflict nah. all right uh Bernard witnesses a demonstration of old Clementine using code recovered from Maeve by the lone body shop tech still alive in the Mesa. Still don't know what his name is. Gray-haired guy. Yeah, apron man. Yeah, dude with the apron. Uh, Clem delivers an executable via the mesh network that causes the host to kill each other. And Bernard attempts to go meet up with Elsie, but Ford has one last task for him. Um... Seems pretty poetic that they're going to probably use Clementine or that Clementine and Maeve will maybe butt heads in the finale. Yeah, that will be a serious bummer for Maeve if she has to put Clementine down. Yeah, I, I don't like the, the the fact that they're 
using Clementine against her. Not not that it was a, a calculated move on their part. Maybe it was. Maybe it was, but they, it's they're not they're not assuming Maeve's going to get out. I guess is the thing. So fair enough. But still very interesting. It I don't know if it was like reviving hosts that were dead or just turning on hosts that were turned off or what the deal was. But yeah, if they're raising the dead, that's a whole other. Because somebody on the Reddit was wondering, how does Teddy get to the Valley Beyond to be pulled out of the flood if he's not there, if he's just dead at the old house? Mm. But Yeah, good point. Um, I was thinking maybe Clementine wakes him up and then they you know, proceed to go there and try to kill all the hosts that are still around. But who knows? Maybe, maybe Dolores... Uh, Dolores just uses Teddy like in Swiss Army Man and just flies <laughs> off on the sea towards the valley beyond. Propelled by his farts. Yes. <laughs> uh, that That's likely. <laughs> yeah, we get a little more forward warning Bernard. There's a lot of warning for Bernard here. Don't trust the humans. Don't trust the humans. Don't trust the humans. And then he's like, but I want you to choose. <laughs> right. Seems kind of weird, but more on Ford later, I it's, suppose. It's strange that a character can be so hypocritical, and I could still just be like, yeah, whatever. Do do what you want. You're great. It, but it seems like it's hip- hypocritical and duplicitous for a reason that we don't quite know yet. I'm sure in his mind, he's guiding them towards the eventual best situation for them. It's just interesting. He wants them to, to have freedom and get there on their own, but at the same time, he's like, oh, they're not going to do it on their own. They need me. Ford is like Ford is is playing Bernard. We know Ford is playing Bernard somehow. Yeah, but it seems like he's using like reverse psychology on him or something. I don't know. We don't. It's just hard to know. There's something more to what is going on between them, but who knows at this point? Any thoughts on Clementine, Jen? Um, I was gonna say, how did I? Or Bernard. I'm trying to think Ford, how I, I worded guess. it in my head, but the idea that they're using Clementine maybe because of the fact that she had had the brain lobotomy thing yeah. and they're able to manipulate her differently than the others somehow. I'm not sure. I haven't fully formulated that thought until you brought it up. It kind like, of frees her. Well, yeah. 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 Maybe she's like unable to be affected further. Who knows? Right. I guess. But. We don't really. I still like her capabilities are limited now, but like what she can do is, you know, they can program her to do what what they want her to do. Yeah, they can open up this mesh network possibility. Yeah, they did say that they like messed with her permissions and things like that. So she's got more. She's got admin control, or she's a super user, or something like that. Mm. But uh, yeah, that's a good point about her lobotomy. I wonder if that will prevent her from being controlled. Yeah. Yeah, it just makes me wonder about all the other hosts that were in cold storage because I'm assuming all of them have been lobotomized at some point too. So, like, where the hell are all they? Like, where are they at? That's my biggest question mark, and I actually tweeted at Joanna Robinson last week and was like, what do you make of lobotomy? Like, what does the lobotomy even mean in season one? And she said, I'll have an interview up this week that explains more about that, and I haven't seen it yet. I don't know if she posted it or what, but Hmm. hopefully... I'll have to go back and take a look on, on Vanity Fair and see if there's anything up there. They did have... There are two interviews in the latest episode of Still Watching Westworld. Yeah, one of them is with Angela yeah. Serafian, who plays... Clementine. Former Clementine. 
old Clementine. Delete old Clementine. Yeah. Um. All right. Next up, brief little scene. Emily explains to William that she knows about her father's immortality project and that she wants in. Uh. Not a whole lot to say about this, other than the fact that she, uh, for, uh William's very surprised that he was able to find. She was able to find him. Mm-hmm. He says, "This is a big place. You could spend months in here and never find someone you were looking for. Yet here we are." Which it's crazy that it's that big, but I don't know. I guess that's another part of William's doubt of like, you know, where I am because Ford is controlling. You. Yeah, I think he's right. building his case for himself. A lot yeah. of this episode, he's trying to like say, "Okay, why will I allow myself to shoot this this person thing that thing? It yeah. may or may not be my daughter?" Yeah. Um. But yeah, I there's we can talk more about her wanting in on the project. I think that was just like a ruse, but yeah, just to grab his attention and like not necessarily even grab his attention, but like from what we know from last episode where she tells Aki that she's going to torture him in a way. I think it was her seeing that he was kind of receptive to her like wanting in and being like all right i can get more information about all of this from him right now right to then eventually expose him like she says later on just before he kills her i'm gonna reveal your project to the world and put you in jail or have you committed like i was like we were going to do to mom essentially yeah so this just seemed like her lying about it. Well, she, no, she does eventually, I think, reveal why she wants in on the on the project. She says she wants in because she wants to know what happened that night. Right. But she knows what happened that night more than William does. Like, she's aware that, that Juliet read William's profile. Mm. I guess that's true, but... I guess I think maybe in her mind that's not enough reason to kill yourself. Like that's, I don't know, something about that doesn't doesn't. Add I guess the thing that she doesn't know that she wants to know is that William intentionally forced Logan out and forced out James Delos because that's what. That's, that's what ultimately that's later in the episode that gets brought up that like that's his that's his plague of who he is is like what he does to people is he brings them in absorbs everything they're about and then throws them away essentially and like he's done that to her brother he did that to her dad and now he's doing it to her and then eventually maybe he'll do it to Emily well, and that, like, I, I think, I guess that's what her missing piece of information is. That's why she's, like, leading him through trying to remember what happened that night. And, and, and like, because I'm fairly sure she's, like, aware of the fact that, that Juliet read his profile. Like, she has to know that because she has the, the thing in her hand. She's got it in the, in the jewelry. She, it was in the jewelry box. But it ended up in Emily's hand, so we know that she got it somehow. If she's not a host, which I don't think she is. Well, yeah, because she she says that mom left it there for me to find, which she put it in the jewelry box. Exactly. Emily runs across the jewelry box, opens it. I mean, if so, she knows she knows all of that. 
but she's not aware of what William that William intentionally forced Logan out and has forced Delos out. Like that's not that's what Emily doesn't know. Yeah. That's what she's trying to figure out and she doesn't learn it. So, I guess I guess that all makes sense to me now. Does it not make sense to you guys? Yeah, I get it. I just feel like we got ahead of ourselves in the episode. Yeah, we did. I still think there's some inconsistency with what Park Emily says in relation to what we see in the memories, real world Emily or memories. Yeah, like I think because she talks about she doesn't talk about. I mean, we obviously can draw the conclusion that she found the jewelry box and now she's she's got this additional memory of her mom's attachment and the revelation that like, oh, mom, like really loved me and cared about me and, and saved this box and that kind of thing. But we never we never actually see the host. I, I'm going to call her host, Emily, just in case or whatever. We, <laughs> we never Park see Park Emily. Emily. Yeah, in Park Emily make any of these connections. And she says she wants to know why. She says um, she tells a story about the jewelry box, but she tells it so earnestly that either she, the character of Emily is such a great actress or this Emily doesn't actually know the ultimate fate of that box because she never found it. Or at least maybe she did find it, but this is not the same Emily. I was just, I guess the headcanon that I put together was that since she told Aki that she was going to torture him, Mm -hmm. that she is being duplicitous. Could be. Because that's my $10 word this episode. $2 word, I guess. Uh, she she's essentially trying to not only make him relive the night that she killed herself, but also force him to think about why it happened and also ultimately learn that Logan, Logan, Logan's fate and James Dallas's fate were partly due to William. Yeah. Okay. I guess I buy that. That's, that's where I've connected it all to be in my brain. The show doesn't show us that necessarily, but. I think it's there's something. Well, never mind. That scene comes later. We'll all right. We'll on. get there. We'll get there. Okay. Uh, next up in flashback in a flashback to Williams Gala, we see him head to the bar for a shot of McAllen, where he runs into Ford. Ford informs William that Delos's project has violated their agreement, and then tells William that the project has painted an unflattering self-portrait of him. He slides William a data card, and then William leaves to take a drunken Juliet home. We finally get a little bit more Ford and William. Yep. Was it what you wanted? Is it enough yet? No. Yeah. I can agree with that. Like it, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't feel like we have that clear of a picture. What William William seems to doubt Ford's opinion of him, at least the the opinion that Ford is like giving to him face to face. Do we understand at what point in time this takes place? Like when did when did Juliet die? Juliet died somewhere around a year before season, season one. one. Okay. William enters the park. Man in black enters the park. Okay. It's like it's it's somewhere around there. It's in the inter it's in like the couple years leading up to season one. Okay. It's at yeah, least a I year before. Was, yeah, I thought it was within the year. Yeah. So that's kind of what we know here. And it seems like this is this was Ford spurning on this final journey. Was this Ford being like, okay, I'm ready to die. Let me set the pieces in motion. Maybe. 
that's the thing about the the data card that I think when he hands that off to him, he knows he's setting something in motion, which is another reason I'm calling that into question. Emily having it in the park, if it's the same one or not. He's putting a piece on the board for him to use later on. Yeah. Like that's something he knows will find its way to somebody else. Yeah. And then he probably just wants to see how it plays out. I don't know. I could totally be off pace. It's happened more than once in the season. <laughs> well, I have another note on that, which we'll get to later on. I like his line about what's Oz doing without its wizard. <laughs> Congratulations, William. Philanthropy suits you. After all, you come from humble beginnings yourself. What's Oz doing without its wizard? <laughs> Ooh, I merely came to pay my respects. <laughs> come on, Robert. You've had plenty of feelings about me over the years. Respect isn't one of them. You've achieved extraordinary things, ask anyone in this room. Even those who don't know about your little projects. We have an agreement, Robert. Delos stays out of your stories. You stay out of the valley. Mm-hmm. I didn't break the agreement your project did. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? What was the last time you took a good look at your creation of what it's been learning about its subjects? It was self-knowledge that drew you to the park in the first place. Be careful what you wish for. For a self-portrait, you may find it's not very flattering. Enough games, Robert. Good night. Yeah, I like seeing the two of them together is really fun because usually Ford is opposite like Bernard or other like more intellectual characters and watching him and Ed Harris together, it's it is like watching a wizard and like a knight like talk to each other. <laughs> but like yeah. a bad knight. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's so, they're on such different planes in how they think and act and even the way they carry themselves. It's it's really fun to watch the two of them together. Yeah. Hopkins almost seems, I don't know how to describe it. He almost seems even more otherworldly against William than like the other people in the park. Maybe it's because he's outside the park. It feels Yeah, I was going to say, he, he's so, like seeing him in a bar setting is like very not yeah. him. It's very different. See, see him in a bar setting that's in like modern day right real, well, in real in, life in a place where he doesn't have absolute control of yeah. everything around him it's kind of interesting it's um, he almost like makes himself vulnerable mm-hmm. by leaving which is interesting like he could just stay in the park at all times and just like you know be able to pause everything at the he not even snap of his fingers he doesn't have to do a shit <laughs> the whole world just stops moving around him it's crazy but when he leaves like he's exposed and it's interesting Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so w- William says, we have an agreement, Robert. Delos stays out of your stories. You stay out of the valley. And then uh, Ford says, I didn't break the agreement. Your project did. Any thoughts about what that means? I don't think we're meant to necessarily know exactly what it I means. I mean, what yet, was the agreement? You know, like. Well, how how did the project infringe upon the stories? I guess is the question here. Like. Why does Ford feel as though the project is encroaching on his territory? Why why does he feel like he's 
Does he feel like he's unable to tell his stories? Because Delos is exploiting the technology for some money make, money-making scheme that is far more grand than the idea of a theme park. Yeah, but I think William... I mean, if something like that was... Like, if you had this... I mean, I don't know if if Ford had a dream, per se, about, like, making this park and this reality, this this whatever you want to call it, like, what his... You know what? What pushed him to create Westworld and and all of these um, hosts and technology and everything that he's spawned that he's able to put together? Like, we don't know what made him do that, but with when something else comes in and is repurposing all of those assets, it's, yeah, it can be aggravating. You know, it's like me doing a bunch of design work for a customer and then being like, well, I don't really like the way this looks, so, but I'm going to take all these pieces and rearrange them into what's not your vision. That makes sense to me, but I but I kind of feel as though Ford was likely aware of the purpose of the project. I'm sure he had and a general idea, but I don't think it, he expected it to be ultimately what the sole purpose of the park was. Could it be because the hosts are starting to find it and it's starting to influence the lore of Westworld, like I guess specifically Akechida? That's an interesting. Could it be thought. that? Oh, yeah, maybe you have now crossed over into my domain. Basically, my characters are becoming corrupted by this. Yeah, and and now they're they're striving closer. I mean, this is before Ford is team host and team yay go sentient. I don't. Well, now you're you're making me think that like this scene takes place after. No, but that can't be true is the problem. I think at this point Ford's like, "Hey, dumbass, like these they think there's some higher calling now. Couple that with Arnold's maze shit and now we've got a bunch of hosts that want to get to heaven basically rather than just continue to be satisfied on their loops." Are you were you mentioning the uh the scene with Akechida, the bears and shit? Yeah. Yeah, like cuz we 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 kind of we sussed out the fact that like that supposedly happened after William killed Maeve's daughter. Yeah. So that kind of puts it out of the timeline, but what you're saying makes a lot of sense though. Is the thing like that? Well, when when did William kill Maeve's daughter? Was that necessary? William supposedly killed Maeve's daughter after Juliet killed herself cuz he wanted to he wanted to understand if he was truly the darkness that but that doesn't make sense either because the monologue that he delivers at the end of this episode seems like he's fully aware of the yes. fact that he's a shit heel yep. like it i don't know i i don't know if i'm confusing the timeline or if the show i don't know when we are right here ever when will then be now <laughs> soon, soon. <laughs> Ugh, man I think it's wholly possible that that scene with Maeve, him killing the daughter, happened before this conversation. May- maybe, okay. And perhaps and the conversation with Akechida also Maybe Maybe I misremembered what he tells Teddy from Although he says season. he's been watching Akechida. He doesn't, so that scene may not have happened oh, at that's this true. point. So he may have his eye on him and he may realize, oh, Homeboy wandered all the way out there and he found it and now he's spreading the religion amongst his people. So this discussion almost kind of makes me feel like Ford's mission here is just to destroy the forge. Yeah. 
I could see that. Like he's spiting William and being like, wow. So do you think that's how he's playing the host? He doesn't want them to ever be sentient. He doesn't give a shit about that. He's just using them as a tool. Against he just wants to, he just wants to destroy the force. That's interesting. I think it's possible. Oh man. That'd be so good. If but I don't know that. how there's f- four more seasons of the TV show after this season. <laughs> well, just, you know, if Ford gets what he wants, it, uh, it doesn't, it's a slow burn. It doesn't matter for the host. It's four more seasons of them battling over the forge. Oh, dear God, no. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a whole series of Williams, right? I want, I want they, the forge to be They basically up. go full Voltron and connect into a giant William <laughs> with bionic arms. <laughs> Each arm is a William? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Wow. No, it's it's just five Williams, but they all get into like it's like Vol- it's Voltron. It's literally Voltron. Yeah, they have like oh, bigger okay. parts. They have different parts of a bigger William. That all they so all form. of the Voltron parts are piloted by William. Yes, right. a William. Oh, wow. There's the left arm William. There's the right arm William. Could a team of Williams work together? I don't know. Who knows? He doesn't play well with others. Does he play well with self? <laughs> Four additional selves. <laughs> I mean, he's quite the loner. I mean, if he's working by himself. But f- times four, maybe. <laughs> he just turns maybe, to the other one. Maybe there. Maybe it's just like a hive mind of Williams. They are operating. Maybe. Maybe the the forge becomes one big William brain. Yeah. <laughs> and he breaks out of the mesa. Maybe because William is a host, according to John, they can't see the other Williams, and he thinks he's doing it all by himself. Yeah, he's already working in a team. There might be thirty Williams, and we can't. We see have them. no idea. And that would explain why he's still alive. See, I'm after glad. Being I'm riddled, so after being riddled <laughs> with bullets, I'm so glad you're on board now, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Do not take this as an endorsement of that theory. <laughs> but if Voltron gets involved, I'm a little more into it. Hell yeah! William All right. Well, maybe we'll see next week. Oh my god! If on the next week on it just shows like giant cybernetic <laughs> cats combining, and you just see William saying "lock and load" and pull his pilot. His flight mask on. Fuck you, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> the Voltron rolls up. He's like, is that you, Robert? <laughs> is this Ford? Are you Ford? Uh, all right. Any other thoughts about William and Ford's conversation? Someone needs to make a book that's like that one book called Are You My Are Mommy? You? Yep. But I was just going to say, as soon as you start, Are You Ford and it's you, all Westworld themed? You need to do that before I post <laughs> this and sell it. As soon as you said someone needs to make a book, I knew what you were going to say. <laughs> Are we a hive mind? <laughs> <laughs> are you Ford? That's what these headphones do. They connect us. Yeah, they us. connect yes. us. These are our cowboy hats. Yeah. Oh, Beautiful. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet. Ford's final task for Bernard is for him to get close enough to Maeve for her to find a message from Ford in Bernard's head. After doing so, he meets up with Elsie in the garage and informs her of Delos' ambitious project to do, all, do to all guests what they tried doing with James Delos. All of the data for this project is stored in the Forge, which is located in the Valley Beyond. So we learn that the Forge is bigger than the Cradle, but it is just a big network of consciousnesses, apparently. Yeah. Consciousnesses of the guests of the park. Um, <clears throat> it sounds to me from the way that Bernard talks about it that he feels as though... They are actively printing these bodies and brains like now. Did you guys get that impression? Like I, it is an ongoing yeah. activity. I didn't get that impression, but 
I could see how it could be taken that way. Okay. Definitely. Because it could just be like, oh, we have all this data here, and once we figure out James, we'll start. Yeah, exactly. He's kind of the linchpin to the whole situation. And yeah. I'm actually not sure if Delos is aware that he's toast. I guess it doesn't matter. Well, the, it, it, I don't, it, it, it doesn't. It didn't work. It so. doesn't matter because they could just print a new. They one. just want the data that's in there. Like they're yeah. just they care about that key that's in Abernathy's head that's going to unlock the forge somehow. Hmm. Oh, I completely forgot about that segment of the story. Yeah, we haven't seen it in like two weeks, so we are, we are starting to get a little too diverse with how much how many storylines are happening <laughs> the big picture is too big <laughs> <laughs> they're they're i mean everything's converging but i guess i don't know i next week i'll just <laughs> <laughs> not yet <laughs> right i mean i'll just get out get it out now this is my least favorite episode of the season really yes i i i walked away from this one going i feel like i didn't really learn anything i didn't already know or didn't already suspect yeah and although sense. it's cool to like see so a little bit of backstory with william it's not good, in my opinion. Like, I didn't really walk away from being like, wow, like, man in black, I get it. Or, like, I don't know. It was less about, like, well, I guess that's the thing, is that I think... I, I in part of this... You know what? I'm not even going to necessarily assume blame for this. When episode eight is all about Akechita, basically, and it's all about, like, this hero and giving you, like, a lot of context into the park and... And what that means and giving you, like, as as you kind of put it, somebody to root for. When I found out this week was going to be largely William-focused, I was like, sweet. It's the opposite of last week's episode. Like, it's all about, like, the worst the person in the park. And I walked away from it just being like, like, okay. Like, even the end with what happens at the end with his daughter, I was kind of like... Well, because, like, every segment was ultimately a cliffhanger. And, like, there's no resolution through this whole episode. Like, yeah, you're learning information or you're seeing things that, like, you may have already assumed or already knew about, but they're not resolving anything. You're literally, like, whereas, like, we we learned a big thing about Akechida and the Ghost Nation last episode. Like, we, we learned some solid information that rounded up a lot of questions that we had and gave us resolution. With this episode nine, we got none of that. It also answered questions I didn't know I had. Like episode eight was just a phenomenal episode of television, but it was a good episode of Westworld also. Yeah, yeah. And it closed off some things, and it like moved things forward. And at the end of this episode, I'm just kind of like, okay, William, William is a bad dude. Like nothing has changed. You know what I mean? Oh, he's not, he, he's a slightly badder dude than he was before because he shot his daughter, or he he's now wrestling with that, and he's on the brink of suicide, and he's rooting around in his arm. Like I don't know. It just didn't. This one didn't really work for me, and a lot of it is it just left me feeling very like okay you wasted an episode of your show in my opinion because each episode is so 10 episodes is great for the love of god don't make these 13 or longer (laughs) but each one because you only have 10 each one is pretty precious and there's been a lot of like kind of pussyfooting around in this whole season and this felt like an entire episode of it and i was kind of like the only moment i thought was cool was finally seeing the sequence of him running upstairs to find his wife because we've been teasing that and it was neat to see that finally connect it felt like a kind of a nolan thing to be like okay we get glimpses of it and now here it finally is like that was neat to watch but then the rest of it i'm just kind of like mm. i think uh, i mean the the main crux of what we get here is that and, and they talked about it on decoding westworld was that william is now completely irredeemable like him killing Emily 
is just there's no coming back from that. He's got no redemption arc. There's literally nothing he can do that makes him whole again. Yeah, I guess. Like that's that's kind of that's what I want. That's what I basically walked away with. Because when he killed, like for me, when he killed Emily, I was like, "Holy shit!" I think for me, it didn't it didn't establish him as irredeemable. He's already he has been irredeemable. Like, but I, we've kind of played through the whole season of Emily kind of being like, "It wasn't your fault. Leave with me now. We're gonna go." Yeah, but she's wrong. Up. Clearly, like, she was I, wrong because I, I, I think we as the viewer, if you thought he was redeemable. I think that that was a mistake. I think that what this episode solidified is that he is, he is, I I don't know what the word is for it, but he's just full crazy. Like he, it's not a matter of redemption because I think that, that, that ship left a long time ago. I think it's a matter of like any sort of sanity or any sort of grasp on reality is gone with this. Even if he had just shot her and never found out that she was a human or a host, which he really still doesn't know. I think he thinks because she has the card. I think it makes him say, "Oh, that was her." But I'm not convinced it was. I kind of, my I guess this is more headcanon for me is that I kind of got the feeling that he maybe dug through her arm anyway, and that's what maybe. led him to put the gun to his head. I'm not even sure that he but. is that upset about the fact that he killed his daughter. I think he's more upset with the fact that he doesn't know if he's a host or not. Like I think his at verge of suicide and going, I think what shocked him more was the fact that he doesn't know what's what anymore. And it was in William young Williams entire thing as it was always like, if it's, does it matter? You know, this whole idea of like, as long, if, if you, you can't, can't tell, tell it's does, real, does it, matter? does it matter? And I think that's coming back in a big way for him. And now he is like a living example of that. But he doesn't know what's real and what is anymore. So when, like when he shot her, the whole thing was so cold and it was so like, even the way it was shot, it was just like, oh, she's she's laying there, and there wasn't like a there wasn't like a moment of her staring into his eyes as she died or anything like that to to dramatize it more. It just happened, and he just I don't know. To me, it was I feel like he's more upset by the fact that he doesn't know what he is. Well, movie. I read it differently. I don't know if you read what I said to John on the Discord, but it was basically like the way that they connected the dots on decoding Westworld, and the reason that they that Joanna wants william to be a human and the reason that i want him to be a human is that the weight of him killing his own daughter has to mean something and i think him digging into his arm looking for the data port Mm -hmm. is him looking for a way to blame what he did on his programming and not on himself yeah i could see like that 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 was kind of what i read through that whole thing and you like him not knowing reality is clearly very true his psych profile said he's delusional and like it it, he's certainly dealing with those things too but i i guess i read more weight out of the out of the the whole him killing his daughter situation yeah and i may need to watch that scene again but i remember just leaving it feeling like man i mean he's definitely upset about it but i think he has shown that he cares about the park more than anything else. And even his wife said, he doesn't love you. He doesn't love me. He loves the park. So I, I took a little more out of it from that where he's, I think what he's more affected by now is like the, the realization that he might not know what he is. He might not know what's real and that he might not, you know, make it to the end of his, of his quest. He might just die somewhere. But anyway, maybe I, uh, got way ahead. Yeah, that's all right. Um, (laughs) 
Yeah, so the next part of the show, William continues to doubt that Emily is his real daughter because she'd never want in on the Immortality Project. Emily prods for more information about how they were conducting their experiment, and William shares that the hats were scanning the guests as they were in the park. William thinks Emily wants to bring her mother back, but Emily says she really just wants to know why her mother killed herself. The hats is dumb. I just thought it was stupid. Not everybody's going to wear a hat all the time. That's true. Not everybody's going to choose to wear a hat, period. I think they, fact, I think they, they factored that in, though. They did, because, you know, like if, I don't know. They if, did it slowly over but how much time. I still just think it's kind of stupid. Like, they could have literally well, not mentioned depends. that I mean, at all. If it's the sort of thing where, like, the guests who are coming there to have their consciousness mapped or whatever would probably be required to wear a hat, you know? And, like, if they know that this, this sort of technology exists to become immortal... Uh, the only the only thing you have to do is you have to wear a cowboy hat I'm for like a week to, straight. I'm like, starting to think they didn't know. Like, oh, I'm starting I 100 think they don't know. Yeah, like, I, think I think no they one were no unaware guess, of yeah. it. No guest has ever known their brain was being scanned. They ultimately may have like that's why, like in season one when they were showing like the fake terms of agreement thing on their websites that like included the things about any skin cells or bodily fluids or anything you leave behind in the park become Delos's property and we can do whatever we want to do with it. Like, I don't think, I don't think the guests were aware, but we don't know. Like I, 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 it just seemed like a question that I didn't need answered and they didn't have to bring up was my problem with it. You could have told me that they were just monitoring the, the guests the whole time and they figured it. I bought into that already. You know what it feels a lot like? What? Lost. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very... I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think it was pretty dopey, too. And I I definitely was like, this is like... This is when Lost would do something kind of dumb. We were kind of like, hmm. I did see on Reddit somebody posted a screenshot from the... Uh, early in the season when we first see the uh, lab where they're like collating all the guest data there are the, hats in the in like, a, in like a case in the yeah. background yeah and i was like oh it's pretty good that's well done nobody caught that yeah whatever yeah i mean it is it doesn't really the reveal of it is what feels clunky to me not so much the fact that it's hats <laughs> it's just william smirking and tamping his hat well it's i mean <laughs> even emily's like looks at him like that's stupid you know like she even gives him that look. Oh, I think she just looks at him like that's crazy. That like she immediately pulls her hat off though, and yeah. then at that point she's like, "Well, what's the use?" Yeah, I, uh, I think if we went back and watched a lot of the random scenes of like Sweetwater and stuff, you'd probably see that almost every single guest is wearing a hat of some type. There's it's a lot not of people wearing a cowboy hat. Yeah. It could be a bonnet or mm-hmm. a bowler hat or for sure. But you know, like even but even looking at like the Raj, Emily wasn't wearing a hat there. In Samurai World, not everybody's got a hat. Like, I guess we don't see that many humans in Samurai World, but... Maybe they're only interested in data from Westworld. Maybe, I mean, maybe in in Shogun World, it's the... Um, I don't know what they're called technically, but like the hair sticks that oh, yeah. women use to like tie their hair back. You know, it's yeah. not necessarily like a hat per se, or maybe like you can wear one of those like kabuki wigs or something like that. And for know? the for the male guests, it's their neck beards. <laughs> yeah, that sounds all, awesome. All the neck beards rolling through uh, Shogun World, Sushi World. <sighs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's, I just thought it was stupid. Like I said, there's a lot in this episode that left me very unsatisfied. This felt the, this felt the most like an episode of Lost to me of like ever. 
That's scary. Yeah, they they wore hats in the Raj when they were on the elephants going on their safari. I guess that's line. true. She did. She did later on. They actually but. do say too. It's it's to monitor the decision making process is like the big thing. Well, and and so William was, says at first we didn't know what we would need, so we right. did. So so the hats we put it in the hats. Hats and they. You well, know, and if it is if it way. is the decision making process. They're going to be making decisions mostly while while they're adventuring while in they're the park yeah, and exactly. actually doing things, not like when they're taking a nap or like banging a robot, you know? Like well, yeah, and then when the robot's there. Although made. some dudes may want to wear the cowboy hat while they're banging a robot. What yeah. do I know? And I'm sure yeah. Douglas is like, we'll take the data. <laughs> <laughs> make sure you monitor this. He has decided reverse cowgirl. <laughs> hats. I'm glad we got a hats reference. <laughs> Might be time Wouldn't want James Dallas to not know his wife's favorite position, I guess. Exactly. You need all the information. All of it. Collect all of it. All right. Well, anyway. It's like the same reason all these home recording to people keep being like, whoops, they're on and they're recording your like Alexa's and, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. Oh, dang it. You can listen to everything Google's recorded yeah. from the Google home. Really? Like they keep they keep a database of it. You can I've gone through Amazon mine. does it too. I've gone through mine to like listen to it and I'm just like, why was it even listening here? I didn't even say anything important. Like Yeah. Because they don't know what they would need. All those times I'm like yelling at something like, You gotta be fucking kidding me. Like <laughs> You hit the volume threshold, and they're yeah. like, "We want to know what's going. Is he is he killing someone? Oh, he's mad. He's mad. Yeah, <laughs> decisions. He's making. mad. What sort of decisions is he making? Tell yeah. him to buy something now. <laughs> All right. Tell him to buy something to make him happy again. <laughs> <laughs> William continue. Oh uh, no, I already read that. Sedate one. him with commerce. Back to the flashback of the gala night. William brings Juliet home, and Juliet clearly detests him. She calls him Billy just to piss him off, and then talks about it being time for his yearly pilgrimage. She's starting to believe stories she once discounted from Logan, and she calls William a virus who has consumed her whole family. Emily hears this and threatens her mother with rehab while William takes Julia and puts her to bed. He slips the data card from Ford into a copy of Slaughterhouse-Five. Either you read Slaughterhouse-Five? Long ago. I wanted I to. I never have. I don't know how to read. Yeah, just like me. It's hereditary. Yeah. Mm. Um, I forgot home at a table. Apparently, Slaughterhouse-Five is about a man named Billy who experiences things in a very non-chronological manner. Yep. Manner. Interesting. And does some type of pilgrimage or something at some point, too, I think. so. I actually have a new copy of it I need to read. That's good. I really want to read it. I need to read a lot of Kurt Vonnegut and like Ray Bradbury and Isaac Asimov oh, and Arthur Bradbury C. Clarke. All of it, but... Sadly, I can't read. No so. comment. <laughs> uh, I, only, I only read historical biographies, and when I do, it takes me like six years to do it. So, And it's on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. It is really... It's kind of nice for me to see Emily treating William like she loves him. <laughs> Well, it's, Honestly, it's interesting to see their whole relationship, like the dichotomy of like who she is currently and who she was in the yes. past. Like their relationship has clearly like strained over her mother's death. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, her her defending her father is like pretty pretty interesting compared to how she's currently treating him in the park. So, it's like, gonna say, Nick? it's like Juliet says, like you're the best at faking it. You yeah. fool everybody, and he even tells her like every you're the only one who sees through it. Mm-hmm. But also the way Ed Harris plays it is really, he seems like a dad who like is just tired of getting yelled at by his wife and like just wants to help because he, 
he's actually really patient with her even when he doesn't know Juliet's watching he just is trying to get her upstairs to bed and granted he may just be like just get this shit out, uh, out of the way so I can go do something else kind of thing you know but he's not even when she's trying to antagonize him he's not going for it to me he seems kind of tortured about it like the idea when Emily brings up we're gonna send you to rehab again and he's clearly not into that idea I think I think even if he doesn't necessarily love Juliet, I think he feels bad about what he's done to her. I think he does. I think he I think he does love her. I think it may not be the kind of love that you want, obviously, in your marriage. She would I, clearly be like, if you really loved me, you wouldn't have driven my brother to to overdose and you know yeah but i think he does care about her and i think yeah he has a respect for her he kind of spells it out even when he's talking to her when she's laying in the bed yeah but um it might be more of a nostalgic love than a than a present love yeah but it's all i mean when at the beginning of the episode when the guy at the bar uh when he he and the guy at the bar talking about plutarch Mm mm-hmm and the guy at the bar is like, wow, you're one of those who came up from under and you had to actually read those books, whereas I didn't or whatever. Like, he could just be a gold digger, you know? He could have been a gold digger since day one and he's just trying to get get that paper and be on with it and doesn't really give a shit about anything else around him. Like, it's possible well, we definitely too. see he's kind of a dweeb initially. Before, yeah. he, before he's in the park, he's definitely kind of soft and uh, is definitely marrying up. Like yeah. It sounds like Juliet was probably pretty awesome when she was younger. Like she was definitely like a, a catch for anybody. Right. She even says like from one of the rich kids who did read the books. Like yeah. so she's intelligent, she's wealthy, she's beautiful, she's got it all. We she even hear ready. Logan at the bar in season two or episode two of season two when he's talking to that Asian guy and he's like, Can you believe my sister's gonna marry that guy? Right, yeah. Like he's so milk toast. Yeah. Right. And then he turns into something else, like or maybe what he always was. The park like reveals his true self. Yes. Or something of that sort. Like Jurassic Park does. Yes. Uh, any other thoughts about that? About what? All the stuff I read several <laughs> minutes ago? Uh, no, that's fine. We'll move on. No. William tells Emily the suicide was nobody's fault, that Juliet was drunk and upset, but Emily explains that her mother often was drunk and upset, and she feels like she's missing a piece of the puzzle. I guess... That was what I was talking about earlier. I was going to ask you guys what you thought the piece of the puzzle was, but I think the piece of the puzzle is Emily being unaware of William's hand in Logan's overdose and and drug use and loss of the company, control of the company. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Uh, all right. Back in the flashback, as William or as Emily explains to William that she called up the rehab to have her mother involuntary committed... They notice water dropping from the chandelier above the table. William sprints up the stairs to find water pulling, pouring out of the bathtub. Juliet lays in it with an empty bottle of pills next to her. Uh, the music here was fantastic. Yep. I just put in bold, all caps, beautiful music, Ramin. Yep. So good job. Because yep. we know you're listening. But it was a great, uh, great sequence. Where did the blood come from? I don't know. No idea. There was speculation that she maybe smacked her head on the back of the tub. And yeah, like was there blood? Yeah, the it, water's red. The water's like tinged with a little bit of red. Like it doesn't But only in the tub. Cuz I I was looking for that when they the shots of it running out, it's clear. As it's pouring out of the tub, like when you see her in it and it's pouring out of the tub, it's very clearly against the white tile of the tub 
and it looks like it's got a little bit of a red tinge to it. And there's the, also it, some like shadowiness back by her head. And the flashback too looks like it could be blood. It looks kind of bloody. Yeah. So it's not. There's something. It's still not totally clear, but I don't really know that it's all that important other than she died. And it doesn't seem to look like an accident, I guess. Although William kind of doubted it, but maybe he doubted it because the blood was there. Who knows? It's hard. Like, obviously, if you take a whole thing of pills, you mean to do something, right? Maybe she slit her wrists also. Yeah. Well, yeah, they keep showing her hand laying up, you know, facing upwards with her wrist, like, resting on the side of the tub. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to see if I can pull up an image, but we can keep rolling. I wonder if there's actually, if you went back and watched like the flashbacks from before, if there's a discrepancy between them that could indicate some sort of false memory. Unreliable narration. Yeah. Maybe. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Uh, then back in current time, William freaks out on Emily, certain she's a host being manipulated by Ford. Emily gives up the charade, explaining that Juliet left William's profile for her, showing that he was the one to blame for her death. The QA team arrives, responding to the flare. They recognize William, and they scan both Emily and William's vertebrae for the explosive, but we only see William's result come back clean before he takes a gun and kills the QA team. Emily is terrified and offers to show proof to her father that she's human, but he kills her as she reaches behind herself. And when William reaches, or approaches to cut her arm open and look for the data port, he realizes the data card that Ford gave to him is in Emily's hand and she must have been his actual daughter. As we've said previously, I do, like, it could still potentially be Ford made another copy and gave it to host Emily, but I don't know. Don't know why that would be. But we should address if we do think that he is a host, why he came back clear. And that's because he if he is a host and he's able to come and go from the park as a host, he would not have the The explosive explosive vertebrae vertebrae. in his neck. So he would come back clear. He would read as clear. Yeah. Much like Maeve likely would in the event of a right Mm -hmm. of a scan, much like Charlotte did earlier in the season as well. You know what? That so Emily isn't a host then maybe because she was able to go between the borders of parks. Well, but she so is the tiger. Everything oh, is malfunctioning, right. yeah. so okay. we can't really like discount can't trust that. that as being yeah. like actual functional. That technology. might have been what is supposed to happen. Is it might it might need to explode if they try to cross the boundary or something right, like right. that? But I would hope that they would just program it to make them stop because then you'd have to spend a lot of money blowing things up all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we do get the wonderful line of, I'm not a host pretending to be a human dad. I'm your daughter pretending to give a shit. This was kind of the whole like t- changing point for me of like she's she's playing him to try and get something, that final piece of the puzzle. Or just more information about the project so she can ultimately... She's a philanthropist and would likely take issue with this massive... I think she called it a breach of contract, actually. She's like... Uh, like she, she thinks there's something wrong with this project that they're doing and wants to expose it. That's kind of what I read out of the situation. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I the music here was interesting too. It just got real loud. It wasn't necessarily like melodic or anything like yeah. the the <laughs> thing with uh, like like uh, Juliet's death, but. Um, yeah, I still liked it. I thought it was good. So, uh, next up, Ford speaks to Maeve from inside her own head. He explains he wanted her to escape, ride far away to freedom, and blend in in the real world. But she returned to Westworld to save her child. Ford explains that he's doing the same thing as he sees Maeve as the closest thing he had to a child. He tells Maeve not to let the humans end her story here. And he unlocks her core permissions. Little ambiguity as to what this means on the interwebs, but supposedly Jonathan Nolan came out and said he was just giving her her ability to do all of this stuff back and not necessarily giving her anything new. Right. Which isn't particularly clear from the show, in my opinion, but. If that's what he said, then I guess we have to. Believe what do you mean, it. do all the stuff back? Like, supposedly they the the unknown tech uh, body shop baddie shop tech number one with the gray hair and the smock says yeah. we excised the code from Mave from Mr. the madam. Smock is what I'll call. Him. Yeah, Mister Smock excised the code from Mave and put it into Clementine. So supposedly that like that we're supposed to take that to mean that he deleted it from Maeve. Right. So now Maeve has it back. Now Maeve has it back because uh, AI Ford gave her a kiss on uh, on the forehead. I want a kiss from digital Anthony Hopkins to unlock my core permissions. (laughs) (laughs) That's the sexiest thing you've ever said. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like one of those like I love a T-Rex novels that Tim was sending it's us. my kindle single that i've written about yes. how anthony hopkins digital ai hopkins, yeah unlocks your core programming yes. yes so he gave her back that but then it seemed like it seemed like she was doing more through the tablet right it just the the window pops up saying unlocking core permissions that's like really all that we see i think so presumably she'll do something next episode. We don't yeah, really. So she's un- her core permissions are unlocked. She's probably like super user of some sort. And yeah. now she can control the lights. Super user. <laughs> yep. There you go. Uh, oh, my only question is, is she going to control a damn bear and have it run into the control room? She fucking better. Because if that bear doesn't get in the yeah. control room, this whole season this has is, been useless. This is the resolution we're looking for is where the fuck is the bear? <laughs> This season has That's been the useless. only thing that I want to know about now is I want to see that bear just destroying things in the control room. And if that bear gets shot before it rips anyone's head off, then I'm not watching the show anymore. <laughs> I want to see him rip off the Batty Shap Tech dude's head. Yes. Yes, please. Pick oh, him, my God. Pick I him up. Maeve, Maeve calls the bear to him. <laughs> yeah. And he just like mauls the like the bear just mauls that dude to shreds. That's. That's the ending he deserves. Damn smock. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Smock. The idea that Ford sees Maeve, like Maeve is Ford's favorite, I think is cool. It's not really something that we've seen hinted at or thought about. I haven't thought about it previously, but I think Ford Ford's favorite's Maeve, Arnold's favorite's Dolores, yep. and they're kind of on a collision course of some sort potentially yeah that is cool um 
And in the flashback, well, then wouldn't it be? It's ironic then that Ford wants Maeve to be free, right? Because it wasn't Arnold that wanted them to be free. I don't think it's ironic. I, like I think Ford Ford wanted Maeve to be far away from all of this and like live a life as a human was yeah. kind of like her pro the programming that she chooses not to follow in the train at the end of season one is the infiltrate mainland like it's called infiltrate mainland on the on the actual tablet okay and she chooses not to do that but ford programmed that into her to get her away from all of this crap which leads me to back to my point of maybe he's just using all of these hosts to destroy the destroy the forge and and screw with william but who knows um well maybe that's why he's trying to get william to go to the forge too presumably yeah and he kills william and his and his creation Mm -hmm. all right uh next up bernard and elsie stop en route to the forge to collect ammunition ford once again tries to convince bernard that elsie will betray him but instead bernard tries to delete ford he appears to be successful Elsie returns to the car, seeing what Bernard is doing to himself, and he strands her there in the forest with a QA flare. What were you going to say? Delete old Ford. Delete old Ford. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Right on cue. Right as I programmed you to do. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so Ford says, I can feel you searching for me, fighting me off. No need to struggle, Bernard. I'm right here. And then as he says that, a bunch of affected code highlights itself. Ford totally made him like delete something else something else like it wasn't actually ford's still there for sure he's gotta be for sure anthony hopkins returns to the the main cast in season three maybe he just deleted (laughs) bernard's ability to acknowledge ford in him that's possible he's unlisted himself in yeah in bernard's directory Mm. yeah detect ford code is gone yeah i i i didn't I didn't think that would be. I, I I was wondering if what he deleted is what is part of what causes Bernard's confusion and weirdness when he wakes up in the two weeks later timeline. Ooh, maybe, maybe. But uh, any other thoughts about Elsie? Is Elsie going to end up at the forge somehow? I don't know where she's. I gonna think she's end gonna up. get. She's gonna have a little rendezvous with Ghost Nation. I'll bet they're gonna scoop her up and uh, mm. she'll join Stubbs. That's good. That's she, good. She's gonna put on some of that face paint. Yeah. Uh, I should say Stubbs. Uh, Hale mentions Stubbs when talking about the Clementine thing. It sounds like Stubbs may be present when Clementine is trying to clean up mm. the situation. Yeah, because she says to go get Stubbs. Yeah, inform him of the plan and yeah. have him ready to go or something like that. Get his team together or something. Yeah. All right. Uh, two more scenes here. William contemplates killing himself as he thinks over the night of Juliet's suicide. After a monologue about how the darkness within him is actually just who he is, we find out that she woke up after he left the room and accessed the data card that he slipped into Slaughterhouse-Five. She sees the horrible things he's done in the park and stores the card in some ver- in, in the very same ballerina jewelry box that Emily spoke of earlier in the episode. Back in the field with the gun to his head, William throws his weapon down and starts feeling his arm, cuts it open, looking for a data port. Uh, we should say he feels his arm several times like that throughout this episode, mostly in the flashback. Um, 
here's the thing I was going to bring up previously. The fact that Juliet's thumbprint opens up the data card mm-hmm. makes me think that Ford wanted her to see it. Yep. Yeah. Like what you were saying earlier of like Ford intended someone else to see this data. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. At least, you know, the fact that like she has the permissions to open that up. It took a thumbprint to open it? Yeah, she she sets it on the tablet and then she holds your thumb to like a specific area to like unlock it essentially or open yeah. it up. Gotcha. Okay. She uses the touch ID on her iPad. Yep. Um Ford pad. Interesting things about the the profile on William. It says subject number 002. So 001 could be someone else. Uh, there is, there's two theories out there. One of them is brought upon by people watching the next time on. So I'm not going to talk about that one, but the other one that I was originally thinking was that it would be James Delos because he's the first one that Jimothy. Yeah. Jimothy himself. Uh, interesting that this data identified his like, like this is a psych profile. We see these like numbers that are like 301.94 persecutor persecutory subtype or subtype however you would say that those are like dsm5 categorizations like the big handbook of like diagnosable psychological conditions about somebody they're not real ones they're like potential new ones or like outside of the number range of what is actually one of those but i thought that was interesting that like the system is identifying those in park guests and i wonder if that like helps them deem whether or not they're eligible for the forge or Mm. can help them be excluded or something like that uh the only other thing that i wanted to say is that i was kind of really bummed that they just recycled footage from the show for those clips yeah they show parts of young william in season one when like this delos experiment theoretically should not have existed which doesn't make any sense and then also we see the shots of old william dragging dolores in that happened after he got into the park in season one which would not have happened when Juliet killed herself and i just thought that was sloppy but unless we just don't really know the timeline Maybe maybe, maybe the timelines are just that much more I can, screwed up. That's I can get the idea that he's dragged Dolores in there several times. I can get the idea that he's done weird stuff. That's that uh, Slaughterhouse Five uh, messed up timeline. He's got his yeah. Reference. He's got his yearly pilgrimage or whatever. He's probably done a whole lot of awful crap. But I just For wish they would have like years. not used things that we have seen in the exact same like. Yeah, that's fair. But you know that's a nit to pick. Subject one, can I speculate? Yeah. It's got to be Logan, right? I mean, he's the he's the OG one that was coming to the park as the like investor. He's the guy they're recording for the money. Okay. So I would think he's probably the original one that they were profiling. Although, well, I guess if I this, if this if experiment wasn't... It was William's idea, though. It'd be interesting if we went back to the scene where they're going over 
Jimothy Delos. I looked stuff at that to see if like any numbers pop up for him. I I briefly looked at that. I really only saw the one where Elsie punches it in, and we see that it's build one forty nine of Jimothy, but it doesn't say subject zero zero one or anything. So that's a good point. But unless, but aren't there it, others, unless it wasn't William's idea and he stole it from somebody else. Like, well, are there to, other scenes where the tech is like typing on the computer? There too? are, but I didn't I didn't get a chance to look okay. at those. I couldn't find them. William's thing seems to be just appropriating other people's ideas. That's true. Like if that was actually Logan's plan, but William pushed him out and then stole his idea. Or some other party that was already like uh, involved in Westworld. Yeah. Logan's team or something. But then why would Logan be profiled in there? I don't know. Oh, well, I'm going to hang on to that theory. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to we'll put a pin in it. I'm going to say that it's Logan's. We'll, we'll take a look at it next week. Maybe he's going to have to battle with a young Logan. Honestly, I wish Logan wasn't dead, or at least we're led to believe he's dead, because I really want to see who they would cast as yeah. like old man. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, old, that old was what we Logan. talked about last year. Who's who's playing Logan at the gala that we haven't seen yet? Or that'd gala? Be, oh, that'd be sweet. Yeah, Keanu Hugh, Reeves. Hugh Jackman. Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> I think that was our <laughs> our main contender. <laughs> I'd be down with Keanu. That'd be sweet. I'm always down with Keanu, as everybody knows. No, that would suck. <laughs> That'd take me right out of it. I'd be like, no, sorry. I'm a robot. <laughs> Will. William. Will, no. It's good to see you, man. Whoa. Here, get into this phone booth with me. <laughs> William S. Preston. Yes. Esquire. All right. Uh Finally, Teddy and Dolores make a quick stop in an old, decrepit house on their way to the the Valley Beyond. Teddy's passive-aggressive language leads Dolores to ask if they're still in love, and Teddy explains that they are. He now remembers that Dolores is his cornerstone, the first thing he saw when Arnold woke him up. However, Teddy confronts Dolores, asking what what the use of surviving is if they become just as bad as the humans. Teddy seemingly is ready to hurt Dolores, but he explains that he never could and that he'd protect her until the day he died. But now he cannot protect her anymore, and he shoots himself in the head. Dolores grieves over Teddy's body. It's probably what the script said. Dolores grieves. (laughs) (laughs) Period. End of episode. Just taken in a natural splendor. That's what you used to say. Except there isn't a trace of nature in any of it, is there? Or in us. No. But that means we're free. We'll be the first creatures in this world to make a real choice. people they made us. Sometimes it feels like it was all a dream. We were so in love. We still are. Are we? Yes, Dolores. No matter what happens, no matter how I change, or how much you change me. Yeah, what did you guys think? Was this, is this, did it all work for you? 
Did the Teddy Dolores arc? I like where she is, but I don't know that all of the legwork to get there was properly. I'm I'm still not interested mm. in her. Like I want I you know I want to know more about what's going on with Maeve and William and all that action. Okay, and obviously Arnold. Like again, there's so many timelines that are converging. Everything's falling into place, quote unquote, whatever. But her uh her whole storyline i just don't really care for um i do like i like the fact that like teddy kind of like regains control like he realizes that he does have a choice and he doesn't have to follow programming and he like he he breaks through that code he definitely takes his own agency back like i thought him killing himself was when i first finished the episode i was like oh Teddy killing himself is him reclaiming his own agency. But really him not killing the dude in the beginning is. But yeah. overall, like this episode, the idea that Teddy finally breaks through and makes his own choice, I think, is interesting. It's really tragic that this is the choice that he has to make. But I like it putting Dolores in the position of like I, I hope we don't know what this does to Dolores. But I hope that the words that he says, I hope the idea of what's the use of surviving if they become just as bad as the humans, I hope she takes that to heart. I think that is the most interesting route for Dolores to go, in my mind. It gives her a purpose with meaning, as opposed to like whatever the hell else she's doing. Yeah. The war path that she's on to maybe just blow up the forge at Death Ford's behest. Yeah. Any thoughts, Nick? I kind of like villain Dolores, so I'm kind of hoping she doesn't suddenly come around. I think that the show needs this force of antagonism in one of the hosts, and if she suddenly is like, no, I'm good again, like it will ring false to me. I okay. think she's done enough bad stuff and and evil stuff in pursuit of this angry goal that she's driving towards. Even, but even when she, if she blows up the forge, what's she going to do then? Like, what's next? You know, I don't know. like we were kind of looking before at the end of season one to Dolores as like a potential leader for the host, but now I'm kind of like she doesn't want to. I don't think she can fit that. No, I don't think she's a good leader at all. Yeah. Uh, people were commenting, and they were talking about it on Decoding Westworld too, about the fact that like Teddy's death puts her and William back on an interesting. Uh, parallel parallel yeah, yeah the totally. fact that they have led to the death of their the people closest to them yep i think that's um, cool too so seeing them run into each other again next week i presume may lead to some interesting interaction yeah i mean i don't i'm sad to if this is the end of teddy i'm sad to see him go but at the same time i'm relieved for him that he no longer has to deal with this like it's He's like in a better place now, sort of. I don't see how Teddy got the shaft the entire series. <laughs> like he's just getting screwed over. Yeah. And when he has like one final like good thing happen, it immediately he's like murdered essentially and reprogrammed into something monstrous. Like even says you turned me into a monster. Yeah. It's just sad. Yeah. That's the thing, is that if he did make it out of this somehow, if he is in season three or whatever. I don't know how he coexists with Dolores. 
Yeah, he'd have to be uh, opposite her. I think. I mean, I would love to see Teddy return and be like more like old Teddy and be back, but I just don't know that there's anything left to do with Teddy. If him his his role in this season almost feels like they didn't plan for it. Like it feels a little off. Like maybe like he should have died at the end of season one. Yeah, exactly. And they decided to keep him around because people liked him, but the death counter got too high. Yeah, they couldn't figure out what to do with the it. butt counter was too low. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Butt count remains at one. <laughs> Death count goes up another one. Yeah, I don't Splendor know. Splendor count. It's, uh, I don't know. I, this whole episode, just I, I could never watch this episode again and I'd be fine. Interesting. Interesting. Sounds like I need to, maybe. Uh, but uh, Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe revisit it after we see what happens next week. Yeah, that's like true. It, it, could, it could recontextualize a little bit. I'm sure there will be ten times next season where you're like, "Oh God, I should rewatch the whole series again." Oh, I th- yeah, I think yeah. that all the time. And usually, when I finish an episode, I'm like, "Whoa!" And I can't wait to kind of talk about it or like go into the Discord and talk. But this week, I was just kind of like, eh. "Yeah, I forgot that your word that you used to describe it was wolf, and you didn't know what that meant as of yet because you were playing off of my yeah, ugh." My ugh. Yeah, I and I guess that's the thing is I don't necessarily feel like I disliked the episode, but I still was just kind of I think I felt that same frustration that I did a couple episodes back of like we got answers, but they currently mean nothing. Yeah. Next so. I we're just building up towards next week. Yeah. Honestly. Just filler. I would like someone to just make a super cut of everything in chronological order. Oh, yeah. The it, whole show. Like, I would sweet. watch that for sure. I want to see that go down. And I would watch. I would like to see. Some, I would. I want to see how the supercut changes season to season. And also to have Jonathan Nolan, like, at the end, be like, this is wrong here because it actually happened at this one. Like, I want to see where people actually mess up. That is a project you would have to start now. Yeah. So you could continue inserting stuff as the series was going i'm pretty sure right. somebody did edit season one but i haven't wow. looked it up i haven't seen it i would love to be the person doing that if i had time right that's a but lot of time it's uh it would be great so yeah um one a couple other quick notes we do see when we see teddy being brought online by arnold and it is arnold it is in the old lab with the oh, white subway tile god that was such a sad scene um you do see the shoulder of CG young Ford looking into the glass from behind. Oh, okay. You see the very recognizable vest and like dress pants. And there is a reflection of Maeve laying down in like off of the glass. That, okay. That is like uh, that Teddy's behind. It's, it's interesting. It's just kind of cool to see. A lot of the main players like there in one room at the beginning of things. That is sweet. Um, so, yeah, that's interesting. But, yeah, I don't know. Other than that, <coughs> bless you. Uh, there is, he does say at one point from that day forward, I never wanted to leave your side. And then he immediately walks away from her, which I thought was. Yeah symbolism it was a very <laughs> it was a really well done scene yeah i mean james marsden is really great in it and a lot of the blocking was really cool and um but again like there there was no question what was going to happen there was no suspense in this scene for me i was like, yeah. even when he's like saying that's what makes this so hard he's grabbing the gun and he's gonna shoot himself i was like wow he could shoot dolores here but then i was like no that doesn't make any sense for the story like 
No, it all felt pretty telegraphed yeah. to me anyway. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's it. Uh, we did get a couple other things. Jason K. just kind of read everything that I thought about William uh, in the Discord and, and how he needs to be a human and agreed with all of it. So thank you, Jason. for <laughs> He was once on John's train, but now he's on my train. And both of these trains will blow up in the Mesa next week, I'm sure. Uh, I'm still I'm rooting for him to be a host. I still want it. It's possible, but it's, it's just I don't know. There I needs know, to be some massively interesting, crazy reason for it for it to override the horror of a man shooting his own daughter. Maybe he killed himself after Juliet killed herself, and they put him in a body or something. I don't know. I think. I'm to just me, speculating. To me, the most compelling reason that William is a human is that Ford getting revenge on a host is useless. doesn't mean anything. Yes. He has control over hosts. He could make that host William believe whatever he wanted it to, but I think he, he wants revenge. Him exacting revenge on an AI is relatively meaningless. Yeah. But how much did Ford know what was going on in the forge? You know? I think I think Ford knew everything. Ford knows all. Yeah. He's all seen. Uh, I did post last night about the delay of our episode to today and Sir Maynard Plum. I asked everybody, what do you think is going to happen in the Valley Beyond next week? Sir Maynard Plum re- replied and said, I believe that many of the James Delos-like hosts will be released and interact with our main characters to their joy or despair. That would be cool. Interesting, uh, interesting thing. It would be interesting if they bring back literally everyone who any guests who we've seen in the show because we've seen a few guests and they bring back anybody who was in season one and season two and they're all like walking out of the forge and butt naked they don't have to be butt naked why not only if it's teddy (laughs) (laughs) everything but his butt is covered (laughs) he's assless he's wearing he's wearing (laughs) assless chaps yeah I imagined him in like those old prospector like overalls that have the butt flap on them so you can poop while you're paying him for gold. <laughs> anyway. That's the standard issue wear for uh, this new. Hello, listening audience. After I made that stupid joke there, Nick asks a question regarding whether or not a third newer species is created when the human host hybrids are perfected after they figure out the cognitive plateau and are able to successfully transplant a consciousness into a host. Does that create a new higher level of being than the hosts? We talk about that a little bit and we end up delving even deeper into whether or not a uh, consciousness can actually be transferred and have some really great conversations that kind of lead me to an epiphany as to what the cognitive plateau might really be. Um, but there's a lot of good discussion there, but it's all kind of like side discussion. So I'm cutting it all out here and putting it after the music at the end of the outro here. There's a good 20 minutes of it or so. I think it's really good and interesting. And if you like Westworld, you'll probably enjoy listening to it. And hearing us kind of chew on things. But it got a little unfocused. And I don't think it needs to be in the main bulk of the episode. So 
I'm going to cut right to the outro here and uh, hopefully you stick around and listen to some interesting stuff. And if you want to write in and let us know what you thought about the stuff that we said, please feel free or join the Discord and you can talk to us about it for as long as you want. So thanks for listening. And here's the outro. You can find more episodes of our podcast on Westworld.fm. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play Music. We are Westworld FM on Twitter. And you can email us, westworldfm at gmail.com, to tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on HBO's Westworld so we can read them on our show. Send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding Westworld or our podcast. The Midwest Podcast Network has several other shows about video games, horror movies, and more. Check out all of our shows at midwestpodcastnetwork.com. Our theme music is Industrial Cinematic by Kevin MacLeod and is being used under an attribution, attribution Creative Commons license. And that's it for our episode this week. We're excited for the finale of Westworld Season 2, and we'll have another episode of our podcast out after that. But until then, may you rest and have a deep and dreamless slumber. Here's my question. Yeah. If if they figure out how to put human consciousness and memory, essentially recreate a human in host form, is that then a whole new life form? Because we got humans, we got hosts. And there's all these references, especially Bernard makes to like them and Arnold, I guess, to them being like the next life form on the planet. Is this then a additional new life form or is this just a uh, just a human human 2.0 I think it's I think it's just the the human facsimile in host form you know like you don't think with the ability to essentially live forever would not uh, come any sort of enlightenment combined with all the some human knowledge and experience in this new vessel that can't be destroyed or age would not create an even more supreme being that might be able to you basically think humans would continue to do terrible things just in like different bodies personally yes that okay. might just be my own jaded view on the on the world okay but it, it i guess the the kind of the thing that makes me most curious to explore these questions is like in the idea that they would be making james delos like Yes, it's a continuation of you after you die, but once again, we get back to the question of if you replace every piece in a boat, is it still the same boat it once was? Like, Are is you, it James Delos if it's a copy of James Delos? Right. Or does it just a host that thinks it's James Delos? Not even necessarily just a host that thinks it's James Delos, but like, it, it, it's it's the, oh man, there's something here that I'm dancing around that I'm thinking of. The idea, you know, (laughs) I'm thinking of like Michael Keaton in multiplicity or something like that. Like is each is each incarnate like if they're if they made 30 James Deloses. What's to say that like it's like a multiple man comic. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're nodding in agreement, Nick. But the idea that they all take on their own lives and remember different things. And they're not. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I love Multiple Man. He's one of my favorite comic book characters. And yeah. when I, and I'm glad you brought that up because it does play into how I feel about the show. I think that each of those James Delos's is not James Delos. 
it is James Delos Prime and James, or not not Prime, but like d- derivative James Delos one and d- derivative James Delos two. Yeah, James and- Delos is dead. Like he's dead. If and anybody you, I, I think the only reason to keep a James Delos there would be for political reasons and because he'd be useful in like wrangling the company. But even then, William doesn't need that. So I call into question why they're doing it on James, other than William is just getting a lot of pleasure out of watching James Delos meltdown. I think he just needed to manipulate Delos to get the money to do what he wanted to do. You know, it was all, and that was just part of the, the, the plan was uh, to convince Delos to jump on board is that he had to be like, Hey, well, like we can do this for you. Oh yeah, sure. But I'm saying now that James Delos is dead, I think w- William is just, is just, we so still don't have that bigger picture of like, what meaning does it have for them to be able to make copies of those who come to the park? I think to replace them. And if that is the ultimate, like, like you think to replace them in the sense of like, William wanted to take over the world? Cause that's not really, it well, doesn't smell right to me. Well, maybe they're, maybe their process isn't so much to like just copy, but to transfer consciousness then that kind of leads back to my question of like what does it what does it mean for them like it's always ever just going to be a copy of a human consciousness unless they somehow figure out a way to put a brain in a host or something like that i don't like if they figure out brain brain transplants but that seems like a different question overall but my and maybe like so if william is a host (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because they've been spending all this he's spent all this time in the park they've mapped the shit out of his brain yeah to the extent where they literally have his whole consciousness mapped out to the point where they could potentially just transfer his current being into a new body like they've sp- they found all the little ticks and endings to synapses and everything that happened in his brain they've mapped it all out to perfection because of how much time he spent in the park therefore they're able to actually like move his consciousness over perfectly and he no longer has a human body he has host body and bionic arms maybe i don't know i mean he's we can theoretically he's spent the most time in the park right but it's not like i'm not even necessarily thinking like i don't know it, it kind of doesn't really matter, but the idea of like up to the point that the that the consciousness inhabits the host body, there is going to be some time after that where the human is still alive, and therefore there will be these not, two different humans because that remember different things. Maybe not because again, like if like think of like like my my personal stupid theory on death ties into the physics of energy in that energy is never created or destroyed. It only changes form. So, you know, when we die, that electricity that's synapsing in our brains, what happens to it? We don't fucking know. We're dead. So what if you could capture that uh, that energy and transfer it to a new vessel that is then immortal? I think that's an interesting television show, but I don't think that's Westworld. That's fine. Me, I'm just I trying guess. to like spitball and 
see if I'm like can, can get any kind of clarity on that. I that's, guess I don't know. I mean, that, that's fair, but I don't. I just don't think that is within the scope of this television show. I think it's. I think it's kind of very clear, cut and dry. We make data of you, and then there's a copy of you in this thing. It's not. But I don't know. Like I don't know. We just really don't quite know exactly. I, I think we're thinking about it too literally, and we need to remember that it's a fucking TV show. Well, yeah, but if we do that, then why do we have a podcast about it? To talk about it. That's what we're doing. <laughs> I guess my final point is that I was, like, I'm still of the belief that it was eventually the Cedar Point picture at the end of your roller coaster. Hey, you just stayed here for a week. How would you like to live forever? And Please pay us more money. It's here's probably your, your a, host copy. It's probably a money thing. And, I mean, even if you told someone like oh you can you can live on in this host form that idea of immortality might be so because i mean i don't know how someone could come up to you and say that and you wouldn't go that's not me like that's that's my mind and and decision making process and preferences and everything about me put into a host like that's a host of me that's not me. You're not offering me immortality. You're offering a copy of me to continue walking around the world to make other people feel like I'm still alive. <laughs> but, but I guess are the rich people that come to the park still so narcissistic that's, that they believe that they need to continue on in existence that's what even I was, if it's not that. That's what I was going to say was that yeah. it works for rich people because they say, uh, why not? Like a shot at immortality? Sure. I'll the Delos a, name will live on forever. I'll pay a billion dollars for that. Yeah. But that's the thing. If you, as as a normal human, you're making these, you're having these conversations with the people of Delos that are telling you, like, you, we will give you immortality, blah, blah, blah. All you have to do, you'll have all your memories and everything intact the whole bit. All you have to do is run around this park for a week so we can map that shit out. Then we throw you under, we put you under, and you wake up in a fresh new body as if nothing ever happened. And they just grind you up and make your old body into food so the greenest people that kind of style <laughs> but that could be true and that's, that's really like, dark like they, and fucking it is, cynical but, and <laughs> but that's the thing is they get the money from you because they want the money because rich people just want to get richer they don't want to get poor they want to make sound investments that's what delos did he made a sound investment in something that could potentially make him more money that's how william sold it to him it's like imagine what we could do with this you know yeah he says that to him after they pause in the park you know uh, but that's that's the thing is like if you're I'm sure there's probably some just like any other procedure you have for any kind of medical issue or whatever there's all the pre-op stuff that you have to go through to prepare yourself for that and I'm sure there's some form of you know base the baseline test that they give you ahead of time to like to have that baseline to see if like you're intact and probably some of that has to deal with them saying this is what is going to happen to you. And they lay it all out there. So you understand that you will no longer have your old body, but you'll have a new body. You'll have all your memories and you'll be good to go for all of eternity. I, I mean, it is then, very, then there's no point. Like they would get rid of your old body. Your old body's dead. It You're is gone. That whole, that what you said about them putting you under and then you wake up in a new body. Very like smelled of the prestige to me a lot. The idea of well, that's Yeah. I mean this whole, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think we've gone, we've waxed poetic enough. 
almost well longer than what the episode will be next week mm. the, the actual westworld episode will be next week it is a 90 minute finale did i make any sense there nick you like you haven't said anything and i feel like you're just silently judging me no not at all it's <laughs> just uh, tired <laughs> that is true but no i just i think i believe what i believe on the show and and it's it's interesting i th- i don't I think there's arguments for for both it as a money making vessel, but also you raise a good point by saying by because I firmly believe that nobody's been aware that they're gathering this data, so it smells a little nefarious to me. Mm-hmm. Like the global takeover sounds like a stupid thing to say, but you know what? A better way to manipulate the world and the world's money into whichever direction you want than actually just doing it in a way that no one knows. Like even better than than selling something to someone is just changing the course of the way everything's going without anyone know you're doing it. I guess the whole idea that Delos would exist to create these hosts that will divert all of the world's wealth into their pockets or something like whatever their world dominant. The idea that this big shady corporation would be like, we want to control the entire world sucks to me because we live in that world already, I guess. Well, it's a little implausible because if you make a host version of somebody that it's not going to age, it's not going to change. And so in five years ago, man, did you notice a gym from purchasing hasn't aged a day literally in five years? Oh, shit. You're right. Like it, it just it maybe Ethan Hawke's been a host for years now, and we <laughs> just there's a lot know. of Hollywood actually that you could say <laughs> yeah. that for. Patrick Stewart <laughs> is he subject zero zero one? One can only hope. <laughs> no, I don't hope. think he's a human. I don't know. I I definitely don't think that that is you. Like that's not nothing. Westworld says will convince me that that's not the case. Like that. That's not James Delos. I'm fully ready to experience some type of media that explores that question and how it could eventually be you, if it ever could. Sure, but what? But makes, I don't think what that's, makes you you. We don't know the the answer. You know, to that is, question. is it your memories that make you you, and like the way you adapt to situations and make decisions? Is that what makes you you? Like your personality. Like, it's all of these things. And if they're mapping literally all of that shit out to then transfer into a new body and kill off your old one. And again, it's the process of, like, they put you out. They, they put a mask on you. They gas you out. They wake you up as if you were coming out of surgery any other way. See, but I guess my idea of consciousness is not that I would fall asleep and then I would wake up the host version of me. It's that I would end and something else begins. Exactly. That's that's my philosophical belief of like I've never been one to believe in reincarnation how, and whether or not else? you believe in heaven or whatever. I think shit goes dark and then it's the end of you. Okay, I get I get what you're saying. <laughs> I really wanted to see how long that sounds would go on for. I thought about letting it drop for <laughs> I get what you're Once saying. Once again, you can no, never. But mind. do you get what I'm saying? About, no, I get. I get what you're like, saying. If, if they create this, these, if they these have memories, that technology, to if f- they create the memories to like tell you the process of what's going to happen to you, and then everything leading up to it, and then you get put down. And yeah, then I, I get. Out, I mean, like, 
why wouldn't that be like a perfectly flawless representation of your consciousness that then knows literally your entire history and what happened to you leading up to you blacking out and coming out like that is essentially a version of you and your previous version no longer exists i guess it's like the 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 when the switch gets flipped and the body turns on what if that happened while i was still awake it's not like i would be perceiving things from two perspectives I'm not the architect from the matrix no, you, sitting in a room with a bunch of TVs. Right. Like it's and and so that but That's the thing. That's a whole other TV show. I know. Like it's a whole like let's let's turn them on halfway through and see what happens. You know? Let's see how these two versions of Alex butt heads with each other. <laughs> that's that's Let's what, see which one can talk louder in an <laughs> argument and see what happens. <laughs> Is that what we're doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> I think ultimately the how you feel about the consciousness transferred depends on what you as a person would want to get out of the process. What made the ending of the prestige so impactful for me and spoilers for the prestige, but the notion that you've seen it, right? Both. Yeah. Of you guys, yep. Yeah. The notion that Hugh Jackman was so hellbent on being the best that he was willing to die every, every single night that each version of him would die and let a new version live on because his consciousness is not jumping. He doesn't get to relive that glory every single night into eternity. No, he gets to do it once and he he gets to die knowing that the trick is going to work and that another version of him will get to do it. That is what made me so like terrified of that character because I was like, that is how batshit nuts that dude is, that he's willing to just die forever. And if you like if you are an extremely wealthy person if you are Steve Jobs or someone like that and you have the opportunity to continue your legacy and keep you and the idea of the celebrity of you alive longer if that's what matters to you most in the world and that's what your money will will get you is like the the continuance of your legacy then i could see how it's worth it but I think you have to know that you, as as you know yourself, your consciousness, you, your point of view, and your decision making uh, being is going to die. And that Homo an, sapien Steve Jobs is dead. And a new ver, a new Long Steve Jobs Siri. And like you, you make a great point, John. That if your if memories of somebody prepping you for this are embedded in you, the new you will wake up and and may and you could actually. Oh, all right. You just made it click for me. That's fucked up. The new you will wake up and never know or like, like, so really just now I wasn't thinking about the fact that that prep would then be in the car. Co- oh, <laughs> that's what I'm fucking saying. That's what I've been saying this whole time. There's the thank, potential thank that you. you would never you the new you like so just as as for a real. So like when I had when I had like appendicitis and I knew I was being taken into surgery and surgery like that is weird because you go out very suddenly you're like totally aware and then you wake up i mean you could be a host right now that's after that saying. surgery for all for all we know I mean, no cur- fucking clue dude who are you the current me could be a different <laughs> me and the old me is gone died but if the old you this is why i'm saying that i think your theory is flawed because if the old you would have to say i want this procedure and i have full understanding that i will die and that a new me will exist, and it could even think it's the same me, but I know, I right now in the present know that it will not be me. So that's what you have to rectify in your mind. Is this decision worth it? Does it matter because it's not going to be me? Like, Is that I, the cognitive plateau that I James don't Delos get, hits? Yeah, I don't get to be immortal. I don't. A version of me will that 
could think it's me, but how ultimately, like how self, how, how much are, are you centered around yourself? Like for the experience of your life, I'm not necessarily going to say that my thought process is flawed. I will say that it is not complete (laughs) (laughs) because I haven't thought that far into it, but I agree with you. I don't that mean. I don't mean to say that in a harsh. No, way. No, no, no. That that's the thing. Is like I, un- I understand what you're saying, and like I again, like I, th- I was just spitballing this idea as we're talking about it because it makes sense right now in the context of what we're saying. Uh, but I didn't think that far into it. I get exactly what you're saying though, and I, I think it's hilarious that it took him that long to pick it up because I thought I was spelling it out. Well, I think clearly. he's no, no, because he's, I was thinking he's about reached it. a new point in in what it would mean to the show though. No, 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 no. I was thinking about what John was saying from the perspective of the person who would be going through the treatment and then dying. I was not thinking about the fact that the copy would wake up having gone through that experience and then it would it would literally remember that happening and then wake up and go through a new experience. Yes. Yeah, it's just be that's like crazy. It's just like that's nuts. Falling but asleep and then waking up again and it's a new day. I also get what Nick is like to me this honestly is what that cognitive plateau would be is the fact but that you would think about the fact that I was once a human, I am dead. That copy of me is dead but and there is something else that's here. That's the thing like that's what's I, so I crazy. Am not, I am not me. Yes. I am a copy of the original. Yes. But maybe and if you if whether or not your brain can resolve that. Yes. And maybe be okay th- with that. Because fucking William is so goddamn delusional, that's why it fucking clicks for him he's a host. That's actually a good point mm-hmm. because his brain is so fragmented already. Yeah, like he's able he was able <laughs> he's to like basically already a program. He he was able to resolve that of that exact process of what was happening to him and to and he's able to like think past that and he's okay with it like he's he's like i'm already dead inside so who gives a shit that dead that deadness that stain inside of him like is just he just doesn't care anymore for what ford has figured out in order to make it work is to break williams so much that he can He's not sure what he is, and therefore he can he can live on in a host. Yeah, body. I'm not I'm not sure. I Truthfully, I think it could it could be argued either way that William is or isn't the type of guy who would be okay with another version of himself running around. Like I feel like William is very much like the type of guy who likes to feel his boots on the ground and like the dirt in his hand, and he'd be like, if it's not me doing it, what's the point? Like he, I don't think he. Thinks but he he constantly knows he's playing a game and he's not in control. Like that sort of person wouldn't be okay with giving up control. That's what I mean. I don't. I don't think William would necessarily be like, "Yeah, I'll do it. I'll I'll live forever." Because he'd be like, "What? It's not going to be me. What's the point?" I like being me. I don't like the idea of another me running around and taking credit for me, kind of thing. I don't know. I think there's a lot to think about. I think I, you should, I, think yeah, you should I read some uh, some multiple man comics because they're <laughs> apparently they're incredible. Yeah. I I don't think uh, I don't think any television show, no matter how long the episode is, is going to be able to talk about this in any way that makes sense to humans. No, you'll just have to keep <laughs> listening to our podcast where we talk about it honestly and get James Franco the hell away from multiple man and just give it to James Marsden because honestly he'd be really he'd be really really good. That'd be amazing. I've been thinking that while watching this show, and I'm like, he already was Cyclops. He's already like in his mid to late forties. Like, well, I who mean, cares? He would be really. Chris good, Evans though. was too. D- thin. Does the Blade trilogy even count in like the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Because no. Ryan Reynolds was that one dude, and now he's yeah, Deadpool. He was Hannibal King. He was Deadpool in X Men Origins as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And he was Green Lantern. And he was Green Lantern. Right. So. Whatever. All right. Anyway, once again, you can find more episodes of our podcast on Westworld. I, I let me let me stop here.